We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done hello everyone i am ben johnson and this is the perpetual chess podcast perpetual chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players authors content creators and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. I am happy to report that I am feeling a bit better. Thanks to everyone who reached out about the fact that I have COVID here. I'm recording this on November 11th and slowly but surely recovering. I also had one other quick announcement before we bring in our guest. Um, uh, an organization in New York City called Chess in the Schools that I used to work for reached out and just uh, asked if I could announce that they're they're giving out some prizes, basically. So this is just a public service announcement that they're giving out the Andy Lerner Award for Excellence in Chess Education. And it's the the winner of whichever educators they recognize will receive $5,000 and another $5,000 will be awarded to their chess program. So if you know a great school chess teacher, you should nominate them. Uh, two things to know about this. It's unfortunately only available for educators in the United States. 
And the deadline for nominations is December 1st. So uh, act quickly if you hear this. And we'll put information for that in the show description as always. But just wanted to help chess in the schools recognize the many fantastic chess teachers uh, out there. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest. She is a Romanian-born, 25-year-old, France-based WGM Twitch streamer. She was a six-time French youth champion, youth champion, excuse me, across age groups, a top five female player in France, two-time member of the French women's Olympiad team and member of the French women's national team. And our guest was recently in Monaco as the FIDE press officer for the women's chess candidates. So this is someone I've been interested in interviewing for a while, but the timing felt right because in addition to hearing about her career, I'd like to sort of get a rundown of what, what the candidates has been like so far and discuss the women's world championship cycle uh, as it's ongoing and will be resuming about a week from when this pod comes out. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest to the show, uh, WGM Andrea Navratescu. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, Ben. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And yeah. Um. Yeah, excited to have you, Andrea. And I know you and I thank you for joining me just having gotten home a few days ago. I've been watching your interviews on YouTube as you uh, flagged down uh, the participants in the women's candidates and interviewed them post game. So I'd like to hear your perspective, Andrea. Obviously, I'd like to hear about the chess, but also just what it was like there in terms of um, traveling for chess work. Monaco seems like a pretty good gig, especially since it's not too far from you. How, how was your trip to Monaco overall, Andrea? I mean, uh, in general, Monaco is just an amazing place. And obviously, especially for, for female chess, since uh, they have a very long tradition of working with, with female players and organizing a lot of female tournaments. So, yeah, I mean, especially for, from the from the traditional and historic point of view, it was just amazing to be there. And also, of course, like uh, we were in a, in a luxury hotel, the, the Hermitage Hotel, which is like part of the, um, the SBM Society, Société, Société des Bonnes-Mères. Uh, the company that owns a lot of, uh, I mean, it, it's a resort company in Monaco that, that owns a lot of hotels and, and restaurants and, and bars. And so they are the, one of the sponsors of the, of the event and of the Monaco Chess Club. So yeah, I mean, the conditions were absolutely amazing. I think to play in, but also just to, to be there as a, as a person who, who is part of the organization. So yeah, basically, I mean, he, it's been, it's been like a dream come true. Excellent. Yeah, it, it, it looked very nice. And yeah, I enjoyed the matches as well. Uh, for listeners who did not catch win, we should say that the current state of the FIDE Women's World Championship cycle, the, the suspense is rising. Of course, uh, Ju Wenjun is the world champion and awaiting a challenger. And um, they, they were down to sort of a final eight in the candidates. And now we have half of the bracket played. And why don't you tell us about what happened there, Andrea, in the in the bracket that you just witnessed? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I was the press officer to the Pool A candidates. Okay, so basically the, the format was not supposed to be this one. It was supposed to be a round-robin event. But then, obviously, as we know, that there there is uh, there is the war in Ukraine. So Russian players could not plan again 
could not play against Ukrainian players. So they decided to, to split the event in two groups. So the pool A uh, was composed of uh, the two uh, Ukrainian sisters, very, very known uh, Muzichuk sisters, Anna and Maria. Uh, also, there was uh, there was the Indian player uh, Humpi Konero and the Chinese player Lei Tingji. So the, the four of them were part of the pool A. And so um, the matches were four classical games. And afterwards, of course, if the match was tied, then we would assist to, to tie breaks in, in rapid time control. And yeah, and basically that was it. So like first first two matches were um, Maria Muzichuk against uh, Lei Tingji and Anna Muzichuk against uh, Humpi Konero. Um, so Anna won a very, very interesting match against Humpi Konero that went down to, to the last game of, uh, of the rapid tie breaks. Um, so they, they also had four, four rapid, uh, rapid games in the tie breaks and, and, uh, Anna prevailed in the very last moment. Uh, and Maria against Lei Tingji. Well, um, um, Lei Tingji won in the first, uh, in the first classical game. And so they, they only did draws afterwards, even if uh, Maria was, was winning in, in, in some uh, classical game and did not manage to convert her advantage. And so, like the, the semi-final opposed uh, Lei Tingji to, uh, to Anna Muzichuk and uh, Lei Tingji prevailed in the, in the last, um, classical game. So, yeah, I guess, uh, Lei Tingji is the winner of the, of the pool A. And she, she has done a very, very solid tournaments and like only, I mean, winning, uh, winning in two, two classical games with, with white, which was really, really impressive. And so, yeah, basically that's it. She will be facing whoever wins the pool B candidates, uh, uh, which, as you said, will take place uh, this month. Yeah, November 28th in Uzbekistan. Uh, we will have uh, Goryachkina taking on Kostyunyuk. Goryachkina, of course, being uh, younger and having uh, been in the world championship uh, the last time around. Um, and uh, Katerina Lagno will be playing Zhongyi Tan. So we might, I might ask you about that a bit more in a minute, Andrea. But first, could you just so you described the conditions being very nice but and and again i saw your post game interviews but what was it like for you there during the games did you have a lot of like work responsibilities or were you just following along with the moves uh how how was that for you okay so basically uh, i think uh, i i worked the most uh, before the before the event because uh, my my job was to be a press officer for for the whole event and so i had to do a lot of uh Biographies. I mean, I, I did the bio, I, I did the biographies for the players. I had to translate it, translate them in French, and also like the 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 biggest part of the job was to to contact the the local press to to get them to come to the opening ceremony, and to get them to do some follow up of the tournament, of course. And the thing is that um, I mean, it, we have to to provide. Provide the local press a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff since uh, I mean most of them don't really 
bother doing the the research by themselves and so like the the thing it it, it was it was quite quite long like i, I worked for I, I remember i worked for a full full week before the tournament started um and then like uh when when the tournament actually started i was during the games i was um yeah i was obviously following the games and the thing was that um i mean uh, I, I had to be there for the for the beginning of the of the games to take some to take some videos of the of the openings of the openings of the games because usually there there would be some some special guests um, uh, making making the first move and and like after I mean after like one hour or two I had to be back in the playing hall because the thing is. We cannot we cannot make the players wait right after after they finish their games, and so yeah, I had to be there like uh, let's say from two hours into the game, because uh, we were doing the post game interview right after the the game was finished, obviously. So um, yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, I had like some like one, one to two, one to two hours of, of spare time during the games. And on the mornings, um, usually I would, I would just, uh, go to the gym and like enjoy the, I mean, when, when I don't have some, some report to write. And like right after the, the game was finished, obviously I had to, I had to write a report for, for the FIDE website. And for um, and for uh, yeah the, the official website of the event as well, and so like basically yeah I was I I was mainly working from the moment when the games started to like to eight nine in the in the evening. Wow, long days. And Andrea, <laughs> had you worked as a FIDE press officer at previous tournaments? Uh, no, no. The thing is, this was a totally new, new experience for me, and I was really happy. I mean, basically, I I just heard they they had a job offer, and I just decided to apply. And since since uh, they looked for a person who uh, who was uh, fluent in English as well as in French to speak to the local press, well, I was kind of uh, adapted for for the role. So. Yeah, I just decided to to apply, and they they took me in, and yeah, it went. I think it went great. I, I mean, uh, I I would definitely enjoy another experience of of this type if uh, if the the occasion comes, of course. Yeah, makes sense. And as you say, you're well qualified for it. What was the the biggest challenge of of your role? Uh, honestly, I mean, uh, I remember like the, the the first interviews I I did. Uh, we did not have the the board, and we did not have the the screen to to talk about the the board because obviously in the playing hall, since there were two games, when one game finished, obviously we could not talk in the playing hall. But then when uh, when the semifinals came. Um, right after the game, we were using the, the, the board and there was this sensitive screen that was maybe a bit too sensitive and <laughs> like I did some, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely not, not perfect. And, uh, the thing is I, I had not tried the, the screen before and I was not used to it. So yeah, basically yeah, just, just switching in the middle of the tournament from, uh, 
from just uh, interviews, uh, from just speaking interviews to, to having the board. Um, it kind of, yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge, uh, I would say, but okay. It's nothing too, uh, nothing too, too difficult, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And I guess you can make guesses about when a game might end, but you never really know for sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was, I, I, at some point there, there were some Jewish, Jewish positions that were played for, like at least in 50 moves. Uh, and also like th there was this rule that uh, you cannot offer a draw after the, uh, until you're after the 40th move, but you can always draw by repetition. And so at some point I remember uh, in, um, in a Muzichuk uh, lay game, uh, I was, I was there in the, in the playing hall and I, I, I didn't even notice they, they had finished cause they had, they had drawn by by move repetition and I was just there I'm working on my laptop and I actually didn't know I was I, they were finished and like uh, but okay I mean gladly I was not not too far away but but yeah I mean <laughs> sometimes it's just unexpected right so right and of course um often in the the men's they open uh candidates tournaments uh players will bring seconds um, I'm guessing this was like a slightly um, smaller scale event. Did you did you happen to notice? Did either? I mean, I'm guessing Maria might have helped Anna once Maria was eliminated. But did did you happen to see like were these players traveling with teams? Did you see them much in between rounds? I'm just curious uh, what it was like on a personal level with the competitors. Yeah. So uh, okay, I will. I will tell you here <laughs> where the some of the players' yeah, seconds. Let's I reveal the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, Anna and Maria's uh, trainer was uh, Yuri, uh, Ukrainian. Uh, God, I, I I don't have the the family name. It, it will come. Okay. Later, but he's like. Uh, Top top player, one of the top players from from Ukraine, and uh, I think um, Humpy's second was uh, Srinath, uh, whom I saw also in the in the playing hall, and yeah, I mean Lei, I did, I, I don't think she came with the with the second. At least I never I never saw her with with anybody. Uh, okay. in the in the playing call in the even in, when we had dinner we we often had dinner with the with the players and she never was with anyone so yeah um yeah interesting guess, yeah because of course there's been a lot of discussion lately about uh how much chinese support there is for chess i know some people are particularly interested obviously with the potential uh, Ding Loren and uh, Napomnichi match uh, in 2023, mm -hmm. which, by the yeah. way, for listeners, um, as we record this again on in on November 11th, there's still no announcement of venue, but there have been rumors uh, that um, that it might take place in Mexico, or at least uh, uh, according to Fide, there's been some interest from Mexico, so that's something to watch. Of course, there's also no word about where the 2023 women's world championship match would be. I don't even believe they've announced where the finals will be uh, no. between uh, Ting Ji Lee and the winner of the other um, 
the other match. Is it possibly, uh, I was checking out the Yuri's from Ukraine. Is it possibly Yuri Kov... Uh, Kriveruchku? Kriveruchku, oh. yes, exactly. Here, Kriveruchku. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that on my own, but I did manage to uh, to dig that up. And yeah. last thing on the women's candidates, and now as a sort of uh, press officer, you you may not uh, you may not want to um, to make projections, but uh, I I will ask nonetheless. Do you do you consider Goryachkin another favorite? I mean, obviously, Kostanyuk Lagno and uh, Zhang Yitan are all formidable opponents in this other half of the bracket that will be starting soon in, in Uzbekistan. But, I mean, uh, Goreskina, the thing is, like, I, I've had this this kind of admiration for, for her for years. Like, um, I, I, she was only two, two years younger than me. And, like, I would see her on European and world events uh, for the youth. And... I mean, ever since she was a, she was a little kid, she, she was so impressive. Like, like in front of the chessboard, she was, you could really feel that energy, um, just coming out of, of her persona without her obviously even talking. I mean, even like the, the looks and the posture and everything. And so like, I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, I think, I think she's, uh, she's a huge favorite. But on the other side, um, uh, Kostenyuk and Goreskina have already played, uh, in the, in the FIDE World Cup, uh, FIDE Women World Cup, and, and Kostenyuk uh, won their match. Uh, so, I mean, Basically, it's it's not it's not so clear. I think it's really not so clear. But yeah, um, I mean, I would say in my heart she's a favorite. But <laughs> otherwise than that, like chess wise, I, I don't think it's it's so clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now Goryachka's twelve-year-old sister is making a lot of noise too. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to track. And then obviously it's tough to, I mean, Goryachkina, if she were to make it through, w would be at least a rating favorite in the world championship. But I guess at this point we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We can't, we can't handicap that match because as you say, uh, Kostyanyuk is, is so experienced and uh, so strong. So um, yeah, sh should be interesting. Um, so uh, Andrea, I think, uh, do you have anything else about the Women's World Championship before we move on to, to your own career? Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say that, I mean, you know, the, like the, okay, uh, maybe two things. Um, the thing is, I mean, um, like, for example, um, Emil Sutovsky posted, posted a, a tweet Wondering why the the women the women's events were not that that followed, and so so my 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 take on that would be that basically yeah I don't know if it's about um, if it doesn't have enough uh, enough publicity maybe or if it doesn't uh, maybe just attract people because I mean obviously women are are, are not as strong as uh, as men. But the thing is, um, when, when you get to know the players, like when you get to personally meet them, they are so nice and so accessible uh, as a person. I mean, it's, it's like really, really incredible to, um, to just associate like the, the personality with the, with the person making the moves, you know? 
And so I, I felt I felt so so great like meeting all those all those players and I feel also very very humble to 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 meet them and to and to speak with them and I, I've had like breakfast with the music sisters I've had dinner with Lay I mean it's just it's just honestly amazing for for someone to be I mean that strong at something and also to to be that that nice even at some point like uh like she 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 commented on my um on me interviewing her at some dinner because uh at some point i, I had i was struggling with with something and and so like she said okay i mean um i knew it it's a first time experience for you too and so i i wanted to to make it as easy as possible for you I mean, yeah, they're they're just so nice, and I felt it was such a just such a a cool atmosphere to to be in. I mean, I, I could I almost could not feel like the competitiveness between between those players because they they was just so so open and so so kind. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good context to know. I was impressed with uh, Lay's English as well. I know that different uh, different Chinese players have uh, have had different experience in terms of how much English they've spoken, but hers is quite good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we also asked her. I mean, how comes her English is is so good? And so she she basically answered that she was she was following a lot of uh, a lot of uh, series, and uh, she was. Uh, um also listening to to songs in english and i think she she went to to a school in china but like uh the school was in in english so that that helps i think yeah and I, and i to your point about there not being enough attention also the the chess games were were quite well contested i mean in quite high quality um is there anything as a strong chess player yourself? Is there any sort of chess takeaway that you can recall from any of these games? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I would say the Groomfield is uh, refuted. <laughs> no, no, um, no. I mean, I, I, I think I also learned a lot uh, myself just by just by watching. Actually, yeah, I. I remember after seeing Anna Muzicic play this uh, this semi semi Tarash in the um, in the games before the the semi finals, I was thinking, oh okay, I mean actually this is super interesting. I will probably learn this opening for myself. But yeah, I mean definitely it's it's mostly in terms of yeah opening inspiration, I guess yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and the semi tarash is very popular at the uh, at the top level these days. So exactly, seems yeah. like a, a solid choice. Um, all right, well, we're gonna take a break, Andrea, and then we gotta get into your own career. But but thank you for your for your help. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing who emerges from the uh, four competitors in the other half of the brackets uh, starting November 28th. Uh, so we'll be right back. 
Perpetual Chess is proud to be brought to you in part by our presenting chess education sponsors, Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, uses space repetition to help you remember tactical patterns, opening sequences, whatever aspect of your game that you're working on. And they have a huge library of awesome courses. So whatever it is you want to work on, there's a good chance you can find something to help you on Chessable. Some of their latest includes a lifetime repertoires course on the London from Grandmaster Sahaj Grover and Srinath Narayanan. Now, I don't want you to play in London personally, but if you're going to do it, then this is a good learning resource. Uh, Grandmaster Alex Cholovich has a new course on Bobby Fischer's Endgames. Of course, uh, the legend RB Ramesh's Improve Your Chess Calculation if you really want to challenge yourself. So there's always tons to check out from chessable.com. They have lots of free courses to check out as well. So just be sure to go to Chessable, get a streak going, and see what they have to offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back and we are ready to discuss Andrea's own chess. She has played a few top tournaments recently, but obviously also been busy with uh, streaming and everything else that she does. But Andrea, let's start uh, in your younger years, obviously a multi-time youth champion. Now, I understand that your dad is an international master. Is that correct? Yeah, unfortunately, he, he passed away recently, so he was an international master. Oh, but, I'm sorry to hear that. I know, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's things that happen. And so, yeah, exactly. So he, he was the one who, uh, who taught me how to play. And um, ever since I was a very, very young little girl, I, I've, I've played chess my whole life. I think I started at, at five or something. So, yeah. And when did your family move to France? Yeah, so um, being born in Romania, and then I think I, I spent like the, the nine first years of my life in, in, in Romania. And then we moved to France. I mean, my father, my father um, moved by himself to France in 2005. And then all my family, my, my brother, my mother and I, we followed him uh, here so basically yeah it was it was thanks to to my father that that we we got in in france and what was it like as a nine-year-old moving to a new country like that must have been difficult yeah actually i do remember i do remember the the my first day at school because it was kind of i mean <laughs> it was traumatizing yeah of course <laughs> Because I mean, the the thing is, you you're nine year old and you don't speak the language at all, and you're just like thrown in 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 the class with with only only like uh, French speaking people, and you don't understand anything. But I mean, the thing is, I, I think I, uh, I mean, especially when when you when you're that young, you you adapt quite fast. So 
I think I, uh, yeah, by like three, four months, I was already speaking French, like at a, at the correct level to be able to be understood by by my classmates. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was difficult at the beginning, but um, I, I remember also when one day when when like my 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 parents brought to me. To, to school and I was I was late and so like I actually started crying because I was late and like in France like nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> and then 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 I got to school and then like my my classmates were like what what why are you crying and I said oh because I am late <laughs> and they they started to to be all like super super kind and nice and telling me I mean it's okay it's really no big deal but yeah I mean um, this 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 kind of uh, memories uh, overall um, come to mind. And that's a funny story. And uh, <laughs> did did chess help? Like did chess help you assimilate? Help you feel more comfortable in France? Uh, I mean, the the thing is, like every time at school, I was uh, I used to be remembered as the the chess girl. Like every time, and even like um, here now, I I came back to to the city where where I I primarily moved in in France, and so like I, I met like a, a a classmate from like fifteen years ago. And and uh, he remembered me. He remembered me from from being like the the chess girl. So everyone was <laughs> like, oh, "You're still playing chess." And I mean, yeah. Um, the thing is, it was okay. It was not so well seen. Like it was always seen as a as a nerd stuff playing chess. And I was like, I was always claiming that chess is a sport. And uh, some 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 idiots were making fun of me because of that. Because like when we were asked by our PE teacher, uh, "Do you do sports?" I mean, I said yes because obviously I think chess is a sport. But like I mean, people were kind of kind of mocking me for saying that for saying that chess was a sport. And so and so yeah, I mean the the thing is. Um, I would say that uh, mostly I was I was seen as a as the clever kind of girl and also I had very good grades in general. So um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of helped me integrate to the maybe to the to the like uh, um, to the nerd gang. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like it's still the same perception in? Uh of chess in France, uh, from, from the outside looking in, uh, it seems like chess is quite popular there. Yeah. I mean, actually chess is, chess is kind of popular in France, but it still remains a side thing. Like, uh, whenever I, I tell, I tell random people what I'm doing with my life, they are like, Oh, that's really cool. But like, how do we, how do you win money? I mean, it's still perceived like a more of a um, of a hobby than than obviously a real life uh, a, a real life career so i mean yeah this that's just um but i think in, in general like also also with Firuja coming to um, coming to france 
uh, he has kind of contributed to to hype up the the chess in in France in general, I think. And yeah, I mean, our national team has a, has a has a very good level, and so obviously this is this is part of of the of chess being popular in general. I mean, having high high quality athletes is probably one of the most important things. So yeah, I, I would say it is quite quite popular. Yeah. Yeah, and again, from the outside looking in, it seems like Ferruja, of course, obviously uh, one of the brightest stars in the chess world, but he seems to keep a low profile when he's not playing. Um, have you, has he, to your knowledge, has he done any appearances in France? Is he on TV ever? Or because it seems like he's just kind of in hiding when he's not playing from what I can tell. Uh, I mean, he lives, uh, he doesn't live in Paris. He lives uh, in Chartres, which is uh, a town one hour from, from Paris. And yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, I also have the impression that he kind of keeps a low profile when he's not playing. But the thing is, I mean, uh, very often um, there there are a lot of uh, local local press uh, uh, and and media who are actually interested in uh, in in uh, Ferrara. So I mean, it's usually not like mm, broadcasted abroad, but in. Uh, in general, I mean, especially when he was playing the the, the candidates, um, I think he, he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of attention from the from the French uh, French press, and uh, I think also he was he was kind of uh, well. Uh, I mean, he, he had some some good um, some good publicity. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. He's not. Uh, he's not appearing on any any TV shows, and he's not that much into into showing himself publicly. I think he just he just doesn't need it, and he's he's just one thousand percent focused on chess. And yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's what a that's what a champion does, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think when I interviewed uh, Maxime Vachir Legrave, he said that. Uh, Ali Reza is working on his French speaking skills, but they're still a work in progress. So that, that might contribute to it as well. Um, but let's get back to your career, Andrea. So, um, so obviously, as you mentioned, uh, your, your dad, may he rest in peace, was a strong player in his own right. Do you feel that that contributed a lot to your success? Like, were you someone that just played a ton or were you reading books? What was your approach to uh, chess improvement um, as an up and coming player? Uh, so, um, I think, yeah, he, he did contribute a lot to my, to my level because, you know, I mean, there is this saying that, uh, we, we have some Eastern European chess culture, which is supposed to be like one of the, the best cultures in, in the world. And so I think I, I did, I did grasp some, some very solid, like, at least strategical concepts. Uh, cause, I mean, basically, yeah, he, he always wanted me to, to learn how to put my pieces well. And, and like that definitely has, um, has had a, an impact on my, on my play right now. Cause I mean, I would consider myself to be more of a strategical than a tactical player. 
And so, like, yeah, in, in general, definitely, I mean, his, his influence is, is huge. But the thing, the thing when, the thing is when you have a trainer, I mean, you don't, uh, you don't, uh, only get his, his, um, his, uh, good qualities. You also get his flaws. So, I mean, huh. I, I mean, yeah, the, the thing is, uh, I, I, I'm kind of lazy on, on calculation and that's because I, <laughs> I trust my my instinct, and I know I have very good, uh, very good. Uh, um, I mean, I have I, I know the basics, right? I I, I cannot say of, about myself that I have very good understanding because that's not the case. Obviously, everything is relative, but I I, I understand just decently, let's say. And so I, I get super lazy when it comes to actually calculating the stuff and. Yeah, I re- I rely way too much on my on my intuition. And is that both uh, in terms of your training and when you're competing, or is it more when you're at the board? No, it's more when I'm when I'm at the board. I mean, um, how I how I train these days is I I, I mostly focus on on openings. So I mean. Um, I I mean I should I should do more more tactics, but still. Uh, it's also like the thing is I, I mean I, I I feel lazy to calculate but also I mean uh, since it, it requires an effort well I'm not always willing to do it even at training so <laughs> this kind of <laughs> I'm revealing my whole playstyle right I'm right now. <laughs> there with you Andrea don't worry <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah the deliberate practice it's probably the most beneficial but it's also it can be hard to uh to find the motivation to do it. And do you, do you have any current goals in your game? Any, any like aspect you're working on or, uh, um, achievement you're, you're looking to unlock? Yeah. I mean, uh, I have, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of goals. Uh, but I think the, the bigger one is in terms of, uh, of level. Basically I already have an IM norm. So I would, very much like to to get that I am title because I I don't think I'm that far from it. I mean, I kind of I, I dropped some some elo because of the of the Olympiad and uh, and uh, and another another competition. But I, I was rated twenty three seventy. Okay, now I'm only twenty three hundred. It's not that big of a deal, but. I know, I know, I think I, I can get to, to the level of international master and I really um, am able to put the, the efforts into it to, to achieve that goal. And that, that would definitely be a, a, a really nice thing to, uh, to achieve for me, I think. And also like in terms of, in terms of, uh, of my play, uh, well, I don't know, just, just to, I, I really, really enjoy learning openings. Like, that's my favorite thing in the world. And I guess just be able to, not to be, not to be preparable, you know? Like, when I play against someone, um, I mean, they usually, I, I, I like people not to expect to, to know what, what I will be playing because myself, I don't know what I will be playing, but still, ah. I mean, <laughs> The, I think it's quite cool not to be able to um, to foresee. I mean, the the opponent uh, cannot foresee your your play. I think that's that's the cool part of it. 
And do you have a favorite opening, Andrea? And I have a favorite opening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I've played the Queen's Gambit like for forever. I mean, I, I I'm even I'm even not sure I actually started to play chess with one e four. I mean, probably I never played one e four in my life. And um, and uh, yeah, I, I I I stuck to to the Queen's Gambit forever, and that would definitely be. My my favorite opening, yeah. So your openings are unpredictable, but you're not going to play one e four. Yeah, exactly. At <laughs> least <it>. that's. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And are you training right now? Um, like obviously, as we talked about with the calculation training, uh, motivation can come and go for all of us. But have you been hitting the books recently, other than Monaco, obviously? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, the the big part of of my training is um, is op- openings, as I, as I mentioned earlier. And the thing is that uh, okay, what I try to do is uh, I I have a huge um, uh, screen at home. How do you call that? A video projector, um, and so. With my video projector, I put it on on a big white wall, and then I install the chessboard, and then I just I mean at least I, there's a lot of video material, especially like some chessable courses. So I, I just I just I just buy the the video version of those courses, and I just like try to to replay everything I'm seeing on the board for it to to get. Um, to get better in my in my long term memory, and mm-hmm. so I mean that's basically the 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 most of the training I've been doing. Like uh, usually, it's just it can be also like some some game analysis uh, review by by a grandmaster. He he just explains the game, he puts it, and I just redo it on the board, and that's on how... a physical board. Exactly, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good approach. Yeah, I had a projector, but I can't find it now. You make me want to <laughs> try to try to uh, <laughs> uncover it. <laughs> no, it's uh, honestly it's really efficient. Yeah, it makes sense. And do you have like a favorite chessable course? I mean, I love. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Sam Shankland. I have yeah. <laughs> a lot of his courses. So uh, yeah, basically, yeah, just totally. <laughs> <laughs> Total fan. I mean, I, I only swear by Sam Shankland uh, all the time. <laughs> so both openings and like um, small steps to giant improvement or more yeah. opening focused? Uh, opening focused, but also I like, you know, at, at the end of uh, his uh, his courses, he always has a chapter about, I mean, uh, just explain annotated games. So uh, all those annotated games, I just replay them on the boards all the time. So yeah. okay. And do you have a favorite player historically, Andrea? Uh, historically, I, I would say like um, really uh, Topalov. Uh, I mean, I really love his his play. I and I'm I'm also very good friends with uh, Romain Edouard, uh, who was his his second, and yeah. so. Yeah, I know he he was on on the po- yeah, podcast shout as out well. To Roman. <laughs> uh, and and so like uh, so he did some he did some some classes to to present uh, um to part of to games. And yeah, I I remember that was I mean I found it so 
Um, so creative, so interesting, his style of play, like he, um, what I love most about it is probably that he doesn't care about the, about the engine evaluation and he just plays stuff practically. And I, I, I really, I mean, um, I really would like to have this, this practical approach. Like basically, I think there's no like, 1000% correct way to play chess, you know, like we are only humans. We will definitely make mistakes. So, um, the thing is when you play, when you play a game against another human, well, you have to have a practical approach, right? So, um, that's basically why I really love this player. I, I think, I mean, he's, some of his games are just fantastic and it's so creative. And also I met him, I had the chance to, to meet him in person, uh, like, uh, last year, uh, in, uh, Cap There was this, um, Karpov trophy in Cap in the south of France. And so he, he was so nice and kind. And every time we would have dinner together, he would tell a lot of stories. Like he's also such a, such a funny and, and, you, you can really sense his his love of chess so yeah definitely definitely topalov would be for okay me. i gotta interview him someday um yeah do you, do you have any other like uh do any other moments come to mind of uh meeting these uh of meeting famous chess players where you were possibly starstruck yeah i mean uh i had the chance to to meet uh even I mean, Magnus. I mean, I, I think I met a lot of uh, a lot of very strong chess players, but obviously, like the 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 most the I think the what's what's better is to meet those chess players, but not not in the tournament hall. You know, like in in yeah. another in, in another circumstance. Then okay, maybe you just. Some of them would hang out at the bar, or some of them would go to some excursion. So, like when you meet those players outside the the, the playing hall, it's like it's like they they they're a different person, or at least they are different from the image you you make yourself from uh, you, you make yourself about them, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, probably like meeting meeting Magnus definitely definitely. Uh, had a huge uh, impact on me because I mean uh, he's like really uh, every every time I had spent with him like uh, on uh, off the of the chess uh, playing hall, there were so many people always asking him like for for autographs, for pictures, for selfies, and he would always say yes. So he's he's like. Um, I found this really, really remarkable because, like, you have to make yourself available at all times, and yeah, I mean, even like uh, at the at the Bermuda party or like you know mm -hmm. when when so some occasions when you they are just designed to to have fun, you know, and there there are always people wanting his his. To, I mean, to, to grab him and to, to do uh, some selfies or stuff. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably the, the most uh, the most impressive. I, I didn't know it was at that point. I mean, obviously, I know Magnus is like super, super famous. But um, to that point, uh, I didn't iman imagine it, actually. So, yeah, it was it was funny. Yeah, that's a good perspective because you will occasionally hear stories of like, you know, someone met him and didn't get his autograph, but like, that's his life every moment. So, you know, 
sometimes someone's going to say yes. Sometimes they have something going on and they would they would say no. And Andrea, you mentioned the Bermuda party. Um, I think it was when I interviewed Mr. Dodgy from Chesapeake. He was saying that it really struck him um, how Magnus basically couldn't move there because there were like a swarm of people around him. At least I don't know if you're referring to to this year's one or. Uh, yes. At your prior Olympiad, did, did was the was it this year's that you were referring to? Yes, yes, I was. I mean, uh, also uh, uh, the French team had had the chance to be in the same hotel as the Norwegian team. So I mean, I even saw Magnus at, at the gym. I mean, right. <laughs> which felt super weird, but still, yeah. I mean, saw him at the gym, and so yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, he was always surrounded by people and. I remember also like at some at some point he was he was playing football in the in our hotel's uh, yard and people taking photos of him at at all moments like literally at all times like even when I don't know how I feel about it actually because like I mean at some point I don't know I mean just people are, are also kind of rude you know like he's he basically doesn't have the right to to do anything without without people knowing so it's i don't i mean yeah i i probably wouldn't like to be in his shoes uh, yeah about yeah. this it's more of a mixed bag than people presented to be for sure yeah. um all right well andrea we need to take one more break and then i want to hear about your upcoming tournament in spain uh, yeah. we'll be right back I've been due for an update from our friends at aimchess.com. Aimchess, of course, gathers games from the major chess playing sites and gives you actionable intel of what aspects of your game to work on, and it helps you work on them. Uh, I've been working on some new openings in my Blitz game. It turns out I'm doing pretty decently with those new openings. Of course, I've got to keep them a secret from you guys. Um, but I still have some other things to work on. Time management slightly better, but lots and lots of room to improve. Uh, I also need to work on advantage capitalization and resourcefulness. On the other hand, my end games are doing well and my openings are doing well overall. So if you're looking for that kind of insight as well as puzzles of tactics that you missed and chances to practice positions you didn't convert, then Try out aimchess.com. If you do so, please use the code perpetual30 at aimchess.com. The link is also in the show description. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. And as I mentioned, Andrea had told me before we were recording that next up, she is heading to Spain in a tournament. So which tournament will this be, Andrea? Yes, so I will be playing in El Llobregat uh, Open. Um, which is a really, really strong open. Like I, I've seen, like first, uh, first rated must be like Yu Yangi from wow. yeah from China. Also, there, there is Kirill Alexienko. There is, I mean, there are, there are a lot of uh, 27-ish uh, players, which is like crazy strong. I mean, I'm, I'm probably like rated like 170 with. 2300 so <laughs> so like yeah i mean it's, it's just a huge open 
and I already participated in this like uh, last year and um, I did great so I thought okay maybe let's 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 uh, give it a, another shot so yeah um, basically we had very good memories of this open and hopefully this year will go will go the same and what's it yeah. called again El Llobregat okay and where in Spain is it uh, it's very close to Barcelona. It's like uh, ten kilometers from Barcelona. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And and what are the what dates is it approximately? So it, it will start on the twenty ninth of November. Okay. Uh, yeah. And finish like uh, seven December, something like that. So yeah. Okay. So you'll have to check the women's candidates' results after your game. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. And when you have a tournament coming up, Andrea, does that change your your study regimen? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm always much more motivated when I know I have a tournament coming because obviously uh, I I start to like re re-enter a training routine. So like right now, for example, I I, I try to do some tactics every day to like put myself back into the into the chess mode again also um, I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of sport like physical sport <laughs> right so um, like I yeah I've been going to the gym like every day and since I'm I mean I'm for example during the the pandemic when I know I, I had no tournaments, uh, on my schedule whatsoever. I mean, I just, I, I, I didn't work on my chest. I didn't work on my chest. And I mean, it was a pity because I mean, obviously I, I had a lot of time, but somehow my motivation for training is way more correlated to if I have an important event uh, coming or, or not. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I admire people who are able to just keep grinding regardless. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah it's, it's not me, unfortunately. Um, and so, do you work more? Do you work more on openings with a tournament coming up, or do you try to be well-rounded? Like, uh, what's the? How do you budget your study time? So uh, basically, uh, yeah, I'm mostly openings. But what I've been trying to do also recently is uh, training with the with the sparring partner and uh, analyzing my games because I have like since I play so much I, I, I play really a lot of games and but I think I, I don't do that uh, that much and I should do way more uh, way more often is analyzing games so analyzing games um, yeah, on, on, over the board with, with someone who is roughly my, my level or even a, a bit stronger. I think that's really the best the best training I can I can get. And so every time I have the, the occasion to do it, I, I definitely I do it. Uh, especially when when some events are, are coming because obviously like you have to analyze your games to know what what you've been doing wrong. So, and what have you been doing wrong? Uh, Sorry to ask, uh, but I got to do it. <laughs> a lot of stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> me, no, me too, <laughs> No, but that, that's also the thing. Like, uh, chess is so rich and 
it's so nice even when you lose a game i mean when i was younger i was much more competitive and i i used to get so upset when when i would lose now i get so upset when i lose only like super winning positions <laughs> against okay. very strong players right <laughs> well fortunately it happens less often and um And yeah, like I, I don't even get upset when I when I lose uh, nowadays. I mean, just it, it's just I know that I will have something to learn from the from the game, and I know it's it's the right attitude to have. And I'm being very um, very positive positive about this. Like I, I just I I know somehow every every single game that that I play will improve uh, my level and uh, yeah i just i'm just like super happy to be able to play honestly it's a good attitude do, do you have anything on your schedule after spain yeah so i mean i, I probably i will uh so right after uh, your brigades there is also a CGS tournament yeah that's um i don't know if i will play yet or commentate because last year They had a um, they had a commentators uh, channel for CGS tournament in French, so I was a commentator there. And okay, but the thing is, I will certainly be in CGS anyway. Doesn't matter if I play or if I don't play. Um, and yeah, and after uh, I guess is tournament will end like on the twenty second of December. So my birthday is on the. 21st of December so I will be able to to um, celebrate it with my with my two friends there which is that's kind fun of, yeah yeah that's super cool and yeah after I think I will just uh, chill out I mean I don't have anything in my schedule for 2023 so far so but I guess like uh, for example this uh, this year um, everything is coming on on the schedule like um, it, it it was just not not foreseen at all and like somehow some some tournament organizer will get to invite me like i don't know uh, three three weeks before the event even the event starts so i'm i'm fine with that i mean i, I have a very flexible schedule so i guess uh, well we'll see where that brings me Excellent. And what's the latest on your Twitch streaming? How's that going, Andrea? Ah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I really like uh, talking, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> Which is why you're a good guest. Yeah. <laughs> But like, the thing is, um, it, it's it's really time consuming, and I believe, I mean, uh, in general, I don't like to to be like. 50% dedicated to one thing and 50% dedicated to another or even like 30, 20, whatever. So um, the thing is, I I believe it, it needs to have my, my entire focus at all times. And so I cannot, uh, right now, I mean, I'm only playing and like uh, only traveling basically. So I, I just cannot devote that much time to um, to streaming unfortunately but i mean on the other hand um yeah maybe maybe if one day i decide to stop playing for for one year or something that's definitely 
I mean, a comeback is is definitely possible. Like I I, I would never exclude it, of course, because I really like this stuff, and uh, I also like really enjoy the the interacting with people. And usually, I mean, they generally people they are just nice. Uh, I mean. Obviously, they, they are asking a lot of times why are there women prizes, women events, etc. But I mean, otherwise than that, I, I I can see that it's it's just like genuinely they are, they just genu genuinely want to know, and it's not in a in a, in a nasty in in a nasty way. So I mean, in general, yeah, my community is just super cool, and um. Hopefully, I will I will return to to streaming one day. I don't know yet, but yeah, for the moment, just I, I also like um, being a being a. I mean, I I cannot call myself an influencer because that that would be <laughs> that would be really uh, way too way too far from the reality. But like trying to to be like at least a social media person, it also takes takes a lot of time and so uh the thing is um i i don't have like uh enough whether i don't have enough uh time or i don't have enough money to like to to be able to to delegate you know stuff to do to other people but like um yeah also i can just basically cannot do everything at the at the same yeah. time unfortunately <laughs> and so yeah I, I just I mean like recently I've been posting a lot of uh, a lot of content on on Instagram and stuff and I I always have periods in my life where, where I, I do one thing like fully committed and then whatever so yeah so hopefully streaming will come back uh, I don't know yet when but for the moment, I'm I'm just pretty happy with with my my way of living right now. Yeah, you sound you sound pretty busy as it is now. Just a couple more related questions, Andrea. Number one, um, do you have a preference between streaming in uh, in English or French or possibly Romanian? Uh, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, uh, okay. I mean, I, I'm. Uh, I speak English well, but not at the same level as uh as my french and even if i i can make a lot of jokes in in english uh, i mean i really like to, to entertain people in general and so like since uh french comes out more naturally then i guess i'm, I'm just like more uh, i mean the flow is just more you know it's just more flowing <laughs> <I guess. Yeah. laughs> So yeah, I mean the the thing is, uh, I I I also I, I can make a lot of puns in French, which uh, I mean I, I cannot. I mean I don't have the same the same level of of uh, language uh, language skills in, in English. But yeah, I mean I, I will I will go for the French just because I I can I can entertain people better in French. Well, well, I for one am pretty impressed with your English. Um, and. Kevin Bourdie is the one I'm the one main uh, French streamer I know. Are there any other uh, big French chess streamers I should be aware of? Uh, yeah, I mean there are there are there are a few of them. I mean, uh, okay, like uh, Fionchetta is is not really a French streamer, but she... oh, I didn't even know she was streaming in French. 
Yeah, sometimes she she was streaming in in she is streaming in French, but okay, mostly in English. But yeah, I mean, uh, she she just uh, speaks French very well, and uh, I mean, obviously she she's just native, and so sometimes yeah, she she did speak in in French. Also, she's a very good very good friend of mine. Um, uh, who else can I can I name? In French, okay, there is a uh, there is a uh, this international master Julien Song. Uh, he's he's very very nice. He um, he basically wants to do like this uh, road to to GM stuff. So he has a YouTube channel and he documents uh, his his uh, chess uh, chess progress. So yeah, Julien Song would be would be very very cool to follow also this um in french uh, where there was there was the chess 24 french channel which is not um yeah, which was uh, dismissed but uh, like laurent fresnay is is really amazing at at uh, at broadcasting stuff uh, yeah. in general and so yeah, I mean there there are just really uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cool guys to to listen to and a lot of content. But obviously, I mean all the all the content I am I am consuming is is I'd, I'd say ninety nine percent in in English. So yeah. Okay. Um, and possibly last question, Andrea. Any? What are your primary hobbies outside of chess? What else? When you when you're trying to escape or take a break, what what are you into? Uh, so I, I would like to say that I'm a very social person. So I really like like just going on on vacation with friends. It doesn't happen that often, but um, and mostly I, I, when I'm not on chess tournaments, I. I I try to take time to to see my my friends that are out of the out of the chess world because I think it's very very important to also have some some social life outside the the chess world. Otherwise, you get a bit too stuck in this microcosm, which is a very cool microcosm, of course. But um, it's just um, you. I mean, you, you don't have to be like just uh, you know have. Uh, yeah, to to live in a bubble. Let's let's put it that way. So yeah, I mean, I have a I have a few friends outside the chess world, and I would say uh, when I'm not traveling, I I just uh, yeah, <laughs> I just hang out with friends. That's basically <laughs> my main time. Okay, I mean, I also read like normal people. I watch Netflix and stuff, but yeah, like. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty boring when I don't play chess. All right, well, Andrea, this contrary to what you say, this has not been boring. <laughs> this has been very entertaining. <laughs> um, do you do you have anything to add before we say our goodbyes? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would uh, very much uh, like to to thank you, Ben, for this opportunity to. Uh, to to express myself uh, especially in english because i haven't uh, i mean in, in french i have already participated to some uh, to some stuff but in english uh, not really so i mean i'm i'm really happy that um that i, I had this uh, this occasion 
And also, like, I think in, in general, um, chess is such a cool game. And it, I think, uh, okay, the, the, the main problem nowadays is that we, we don't really have uh, some big companies who are sponsoring chess. And I think... Um, We have a very, very good image as a, as a sport, as a game. And so, like, probably the, I mean, the problem would certainly be that, I don't know, we, we just don't have enough uh, publicity as, as chess, chess players, or I don't know. I mean, we, we need to create more, I guess, more, more role models, um, in chess. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there is definitely a lot of potential. And I think, like, even, like, some of us uh, as chess players don't mind, like, talking, talking, talking. <laughs> and, so, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, like, giving, giving the chess players more exposure, maybe, uh, would uh, probably contribute to, um, to, to expand our, our, like, the general knowledge of, of the game and maybe to... Yeah, just to to have some some fun banter. I mean, obviously, chess players are not just uh, nerds with uh, with glasses, right? There, there are also <laughs> a lot of a lot of very cool people, and I think yeah, everyone would would benefit from from having some some cool uh, people they follow in, in the chess world, and also like the the chess players getting a bit out of the chess world and. Um, doing a bit uh, um, popularizing popularizing the game in other ways uh, i mean obviously the, the bote sisters do it very very well and i'm very admirative of them and, and yeah i mean basically yeah i think we, we just lack of of like strong personalities who who would be good ambassadors for for the game and who would bring more and more visibility right Yeah, well, I do think overall we're moving in the right direction. Um, of course. Yeah, cheating scandal notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, Andrea, you mentioned you've been busy on Instagram. You're on Twitter <laughs> if it still exists by the time this interview comes out. Um, is, there, uh, is there anything else I should link to? I know you got a nice link tree that I can throw up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the link tree is, is cool. It's quite practical to, to regroup. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's all. I mean, I also had some, some YouTube channels, but I kind of abandoned them. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, where, where I'm most active is on Instagram and, and Twitter. And okay. on, on LinkedIn, but I mean, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> too much I social media. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Andrea, this has been a lot of fun, very entertaining, and I appreciate yeah. your insights both about your career and about the World Championship. And of course, we wish you luck in Spain. Um, I guess I should also ask you: Do you do any training? If anyone's looking for a teacher, or are you just focused on your your game? Right yeah, now? Yeah, actually, I actually do some training, but I mean. Uh, The thing is to know is that since I, I, I am into 1000% uh, in whatever I do, well, if, I mean, if you're like passionate about chess, but you're like, you don't really care and you're just here just to, I don't know, to, I mean, it, it's, it's not me. Like if, if you're, you're, you're taking classes with me, I, 
I want you to to really improve you improve your level and and to to see progress. And so like I will be very very annoying about doing your homework. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, basically this this the warning. <laughs> okay, I mean I think that would be appealing to a lot of people. You know, as we discussed earlier, motivation comes and goes. So um, yeah. All right. Well, Andre, again, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, good luck in Spain, and uh, great to chat with you. Thank you very much. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media: Beneficial One on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me Ben at PerpetualChessPod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, but most of all, thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you all on the next episode. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.